This is Stacy Marshall with Printware Magazine. Matt Vassallo with the RhinestoneWorld.com. Richard Greaves with ScreenMaking.com. Brian Walker with RTP Apparel. This is Peter Walsh with MR, and you're listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. 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 Hosted by Terry Combs. Terry Combs. Terry Combs. And Aaron Montgomery. Aaron Montgomery. Aaron Montgomery. Keep on listening. I don't know if these guys are that regular. <laughs> I love that, Richard. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It is Friday, January 14th, 2022. I'm Terry Combs. You can find me at terrycombs.com. And I'm Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me over at oursuccessgroup.com. Uh, Terry, today our guest is Austin Caldwell, and he's going to help us explore the topic of mental health in the apparel industry and, and just talk apparel industry in general and and uh, really excited to uh, have this young man on it's uh, always great to get new fresh faces and uh, speaking of that we appreciate our good friend Nate Leber who sent Austin our way to tell the story of his garment decorating journey so uh, exactly. we appreciate that if anybody else has suggestions we're always wide open and and uh, we're really excited about having Austin on today so uh and we, you know, Aaron, we're always asking, hey, if you if you don't want to be on the show, if you know someone, and uh, Nate took us up on it, so we certainly appreciate that. Yep, and Nate's going to be on the show again too, Sue. Of He's course, been on yeah. twice already, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I love that, Terry. Yeah, so yes, please, uh, please let us know if you've got anybody you think would be a great guest for the two regular guys. Um, we've got stuff coming up here soon that we're excited about, and uh, so Terry, um, before we get Austin on here, though, let's. Uh, talk a little bit of news there's been some things happening and uh um some some awards that have been presented so you want yeah, to share I, with us please I, I i gave this one to myself aaron because i didn't feel right giving it to you because there are a list of names in, yes in, thank you i really it, appreciate so. that <laughs> i saw you put your name by it i'm like yes i thank you <laughs> i almost changed it this morning i thought no that's bad I, that's, that's wrong <laughs> all right there are six winners of the fourth annual screen printing rising stars awards um, the award is meant to shine a light on emerging talent in the specialty graphics uh, industry and the honorees, all of whom are age 35 or younger, uh, were chosen based on their professional accomplishments, fresh thinking, contributions toward industry advancement, commitment to excellence, and impact upon their organizations. They are proven leaders, share an enthusiasm for print, and possess an eagerness to push the boundaries beyond the status quo. And the winners are uh, Tim Cantu, who's the production manager at Night Owls in Houston, Danielle Dyer Bakerly, uh, she's the owner of King Productions in Boston. Leo Stewart is the owner of Rogue Lab in Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba, Canada. Brendan Roberts is the general manager at uh, Arton Products in Lively, Virginia. Justin Vu is the owner of The Shirtsmith in Huntington Beach, California. You know, if I, I need to take a trip out and interview Justin there you uh, go. during van surfing, I'm willing to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Huntington Beach, that's Surf City, man. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then uh, last uh, but not least, Josh Whitlow is a print maestro. I want to be one of those. Yeah. Print maestro at Moonlight Sticker and Branham Sign Company back in Columbus, Ohio. Nice. And uh, the, the bios for all these guys, um, I'm sure that uh, uh, Eric's putting it up on the screen, but you can go to our website and you'll see in the show notes if you want to go and, or just go to screenprintingmagazine.com and find the uh, bios on each and uh, every one of these folks. 
Yeah, there you go. And Eric's got it right there. Screenprintmag.com is where to check that out. So yeah, that that's uh, that's awesome. Congratulations to all of them. Um, I, I don't know all of them. I, I do know a couple of them, but uh, great, great people. And 35 and under Terry, you know, I think as we get older, we kind of push our uh, up and comers, you know, so maybe next year it'll be like 45 and and younger for (laughs) us, but (laughs) no, that's awesome. So we appreciate these young people and what they're doing for our industry and uh, congratulations to all of them. So absolutely, uh, Terry, the news item that I wanted to share with folks is uh, custom Inc makes its second acquisition in the last three months. Um, they're moving into the corporate gift gifting space. So Custom Inc., which is out of Fairfax, Virginia, is an online provider of custom apparel and accessories. They've acquired a company called Printfection out of Denver, Colorado, and they are a swag management platform that allows clients to create and distribute branded items. The financial terms of the deal were not disclosed. Um, this is actually Custom Inc.'s second acquisition in the last three months, as we mentioned. In November, they acquired Swag.com out of New York, which is a management platform for custom swag and corporate gifts. So you can read more about that at ScreenPrintingMag.com as well. And uh, very interesting, you know, Custom Inc. making a big push into that corporate and, and swag uh, side of business. So uh, and, it, and it just goes to show, Aaron, that the, that online sales of custom decorated apparel and products is uh is uh, hot and, and heavy right now if uh, if not uh, custom ink wouldn't be making these purchases so yeah yeah i mean they're a 500 million dollar a year company that has about 1500 employees so uh you know they're they've got uh, lots of resources and and for them to be making this push into this market means that there's something there for sure so uh go grab some of those uh, crumbles off that pie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because those crumbles will feed you for plenty of time, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. For all time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. Um, and, and then the other thing we wanted to bring up here, Terry, and, and I'm excited to hear a little bit about what you're looking forward to, because you get to make the journey, but um, confirmed that Long Beach is still a go for next Friday. Everything is still on track. Um, you know, that's obviously it's very fluid and, and we know things are changing a little bit, but the show is still going on as planned. And uh, so, um, in fact, Eric's going to be out there. Terry will be there and you can check out more at impressionsexpo.com forward slash Long Beach and, and get out there. But Terry, what are you most looking forward to? Well, you know, it's uh, for me, this will be the first trade show that I've I've worked. I've been to some other shows where I've, I've spoke or just just walked the show. But this will be the first show that I actually have a booth, the Equipment Zone booth in, in a couple of years. Um, so really excited to get back and and see some customers face to face. For anybody who's wondering, we you know, we did have uh, the folks from Impressions Expo uh, on the show last week for a few mm-hmm. minutes. Um, uh, you, you do need a Vax card. Um, does not have to have boosters on it, or they have. Uh, you, you need to have uh, a negative test, and they do have on-site testing there. I think. Uh, well, what we were told is between thirty and forty-five dollars to do it there. Um, I believe you can go online and reserve uh, a uh, a space to be tested there, and there's a discount involved. So, um, but looking forward to uh, getting in there in the seminar. Well, I'm going to be in uh, in the uh, Eric Campbell wing of the seminar area. I'm just doing my one seminar. Eric will be doing uh, what is 17 
seminars, I think it's Eric? Up to 17 30, seminars now, yes. 38 seminars. <laughs> as the uh, as the speakers drop out, Eric seems to pick them up. No. <laughs> He's not even looking at us, Terry. So I know. He didn't get a thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, the the attempt five seminars okay okay five seminars or or, or that finger where he's i'm gonna mute I was your gonna mic. say five seconds until he mutes the mics i think was more what uh, <laughs> eric says it is five um he's and then todd todd did mention about those uh covet tests on site uh 39 if you register in advance and 49 okay. at the door so just uh Given that that a heads up. Speaking of all that, uh, let's talk to some of the regulators here, Terry. Uh, going back to the top here, we've got Rich checking in with us this morning, and then Kim Johnson. Happy, happy Friday! Great to see you. And uh, Lyndon is coming in from Cold, Michigan. So, and we've got Yusta joining us from Sweden. Um, Todd and Kim are setting up a dinner at uh, <laughs> at, at the Long Beach show. So uh, <laughs> to get in on that, maybe a decorator's dinner. Uh, that would be fun. Or beers, you know, whatever you guys do. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Kristen checking out. Oh, Lenny, thank you, Eric. Lenny, good morning. Kristen, uh, flurry Friday from Minnesota. So a little, little snow happening there. And Ramona checking in. Uh, Tim Allen will be at the show in the Equipment Zone booth, I'm assuming. <laughs> okay. uh, David Gross, good morning, sir. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, Charlie says, see you at the show. So Charlie Tabley will be there. Excellent. Um, you can't, can't have a good show without Charlie, I don't think. I mean, you, exactly. you need to see Charlie. So um, <laughs> good morning, Katie. Thanks for joining us. And uh, Nate Lever checking in, Columbus, Ohio, listening live. So it's like those old old radio call-in shows, right? <laughs> so, so Nate, I'm torn. Uh, I, I think you're originally from Ohio. I, uh, um, you know, I'm a big Chiefs fan, but the Bengals are in in the uh, uh, playoffs also, and and uh, that young quarterback went my high school, so I'm a little torn. But you know, I'm going to root for the Bengals right up until the Chiefs. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> right until they play the Chiefs. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Well, Kessa checking in from Kyle, Texas. Um, Kim did confirm. Yes, we can definitely have a decorators dinner drinks. Um, so awesome. All right. Cool. So, uh, Terry, it's dad joke time. All right. Your I, turn. I think I've got a good one, man. Yeah, I you... think you do. I think you do okay. already. Okay. Here it goes. <clears throat> A genie granted me one wish, so I said, I just want to be happy. So now I live in a cottage in the wood with woods with six dwarves and work every day in a diamond mine. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it's a very good dad joke. We appreciate that, Terry. Uh, gosh, Eric, yeah, that was great. Eric's just shaking his head. Yep, yep. I'll, I'll explain it to you. So, Eric... It, <laughs> Well, Eric's shaking his head. I think Austin's looking for the exit button. So. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be like this. Yeah. All right. Hey, before we go any further, Aaron, uh, we want to thank everybody for checking out the Two Regular Guys podcast. We are always looking for new guests and uh, like Austin. And uh, if you uh, or, or anybody you know would like to join us, go to Calendly.com forward slash two, the number two regular guys and uh, share your show ideas with us. And we're kind of booked up through March, Aaron, I think. 
Yeah, um, somewhere like that. But yeah, we, we're, you know, it, it's always amazing. We go, oh gosh, we're really booked up. And then the next thing you know, it's like, hey, we need some guests. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's just keep it filled up, guys. <laughs> if you are listening to the podcast version of the show right now, we would appreciate you sharing the two regular guys with your industry friends so they can become regulators too. And we would also appreciate very much a review on wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Podcast. We are everywhere, thanks to Aaron. And if you're watching us live right now, please join in with your comments and your questions. Excellent. Yes, please, please do. And uh, don't let the dad jokes sway your um, <laughs> <laughs> your reviews on the uh, podcast sites. No, because um, Todd said, wow, worst one of the year. Um, <laughs> so this is, that's only the second one of the year. So that means I know. Wow. So last yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, um, we're, we're looking or actively looking for sponsors for the two regular guys show. So if you'll head over to tworegularguys.com and you'll see the sponsor tab sponsorship is where you want to go to regularguys.com forward slash sponsorship and you can check out the details there see if it's something that you would like to do and and uh, get your company uh, exposed here through the two regular guys program so we took a little hiatus and and i i don't know if regulars the regulators uh, probably know this but we took a year and allowed all the trade shows to have free ad time on the show so we uh we didn't have any any regular paid sponsors over the past year to to try to to breathe a little life into into the the struggling trade show industry thanks to our good friend covid <laughs> yeah yeah it it just felt like the right thing to do and and we felt like you know hey we've got a platform here that we can share with what's going on again terry and i are big proponents of the fact that while we've loved all of the uptick and, and improvements in the virtual space and everybody kind of continuing to share more information, um, we know that our industry just has to have that hands-on, that, that touch and feel kind of uh, events to be able to really thrive. So, um, you know, we just wanted to make sure that we were getting people excited to get back out there again. And uh, I know people are excited to get back out to a Long Beach show again here next Friday, the 21st. So. Looking exactly. forward to that. All right, Terry. Well, shall we welcome in our guest, Austin, here? Let, let's do. All right. Well, Austin Cowell has nearly evaded screen printing sets for over a decade. He's been <laughs> in more positions in the decorated apparel industry than he can even remember, and that gives him a unique perspective. Recovering print life junkie, now he's gone full-time starving artist and has a very restrained approach to work life and business welcome into the show austin thank you so much for being here sir hey how's it going guys great awesome yeah so so let's jump right in austin tell us about your career in screen printing um yeah so i got into screen printing um in a, in a way that a lot of other people do which is i was purchasing shirts and thought this is really expensive and people aren't getting back to me very quickly. And so I could do this better myself because it's got to be super easy. Um, and it turns out it wasn't very easy, um, but it held my interest for some time. Um, I was in bands when I was like 19 and we were there. There it is. That's what I was waiting for. I got in like everybody else. I was in a band. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, it was it was like that. It was I was in a band and I, and we wanted you know, we were like, oh, we don't really want to order all these shirts to get like a decent price. So like maybe we could 
figure out how to do this ourselves. And so everyone, everyone else in the band kind of like abandoned me and I kept, I kept with it. Um, and it led to me getting a job at a pretty big screen printing shop doing, you know, it's like, it was like a three autos shop and, um, they were doing like a lot of, like a lot of big accounts and I was like, man, this is cool, you know? Um, but everyone there kind of hated their job and was like super stressed out and the bosses were very stressed out all the time and complaining about money. And I was like, man, this place is like super busy. We're like months behind. We have like, we're like drowning in blanks. The whole place was just full of blanks, like, like pallets and pallets and pallets of blanks. And, and we were like broke. And I was like, Oh, okay. This, this is weird, you know? Um, and so long story short, that job didn't really work out. And I kind of, uh, decided to like, Oh, I should do this on my own again. You know, like I should do like a garage shop. Yeah. And just kind of jumping into that was just crazy, you know, just like the details of, of, of that. And, uh, I guess long story short, I, I, I just, I bopped, I kind of bobbed and weaved around for a little while and worked at a bunch of different shops. I probably worked at like, like at least some kind of stint helping out at like 20 different shops, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, just, I have kind of like a habit of just like picking up work at different shops and doing different things. So, um, that's kind of given me like, it's kind of cool to work at that many shops. It's probably not a good like career career choice, but it <laughs> it gives you a really interesting perspective on like what the consistencies are and but you also get to pick up like like everyone's sort of like one one like a little battle here that no one else won and they have like a unique approach to one part one aspect. Uh but then you see these consistencies across the board of like everyone's kind of struggling with with this part of it. So I, I, uh, long story short, I, I worked at like a mom and pa shop for a few years after I tried to start my own thing. Um, and that went well and I helped them kind of build their business up. Um, and I'm kind of proud of what I was able to do there. Cool. Um, and so I could kind of took them from like a DTG shop to like a auto shop with like a full on, deal and like employees and good accounts and stuff like that. And then I got kind of picked up by like a larger shop after that, um, to do like sales and design. Um, and that's when things got like really crazy. Um, and I, I had some like relative level of success for a 25 year old, you know, I was, Uh I was making like six figures when I was like 25 and like flying all over, and it was it was because of the bre- the brewing craze at the time, you okay. know, craft beer was really big. Nice. And I just got I was in the right place at the right time. And I um, I got like one smaller brewery that happened to be friends with like a very, very large brewery. And so I picked up this really big brewery. But, and that led to like six other really, really big breweries, you nice. know, like like national national level stuff um and i was i was insanely busy for a few years there with a lot of 
just yeah just like tons of merch go ahead sorry <laughs> nice no I, I just i wanted to kind of go back a little bit here then talk yeah. about that you you said you got hired to do uh sales and design so how did that work you were kind of like saying okay i'm gonna make this design and then go out and pitch it to these potential customers no, or because that's no. not always a, a unique marriage there of two things in our industry well, <laughs> i think some shops when i say sales and design I, I i guess i more or less mean like at this particular shop they wanted you to have like graphic skills gotcha. to like be able to process your own mock-ups and like help with art you know gotcha. in in some capacity there's you know it's a pretty like art intensive job yeah and yeah. so we didn't we didn't we didn't have an art department at this at this shop oh. like like everyone 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 did their own design now that being said 90 percent of what i was doing was not was like the customers had a design gotcha um i would do a lot of my own color separations okay you know? so you were just kind of doing production artwork in in a in a sense there yeah, we were, we were kind stuff. of responsible for our own thing. Wow. And, and I think I took probably too much responsibility uh, um, because I, 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 yeah, I would do just a lot of my own like advanced separations because I wanted it to turn out nice. And so I would just probably take on like too much, just like control of yeah, what, yeah. what was happening, which played into my favor because it helped with things it sure. helped with sales in controlling quality uh yeah. but it made me very busy yeah so yeah definitely made you very busy but you in a way you were kind of basically running your own shop inside of a shop at that point it sounds like you know because you were taking control over all all of those aspects so you I, knew that it was going to go well i wouldn't i wouldn't say that i wouldn't discredit okay. i wouldn't discredit like um like i was definitely only able to have any level of success because we had a good like good press operators gotcha. and really dedicated um you know like shop managers and stuff like that so um i would say just poor delegation on my gotcha. part is all okay. that really boils down to um <laughs> you were you were taking ownership though that's a good good thing in an employee <laughs> yeah yeah it is it, it, yeah i was um yeah, I was I was I was very passionate about what I was doing at the time and I wanted it to be done well. Um, but I think overall I've learned like that del delegation is like super huge, you yeah. know. Um, awesome. being being able to kind of work as a team. Awesome. But so Austin, where where are you at right now? So we kind of got the journey there, but where where have you kind of landed in this whole journey as of today? So um you know it's kind of it's kind of funny asking you know and it like interview interviewing me at all because it's kind of like asking like a divorced person for marriage advice it's like <laughs> it's like it's like hey so you like you've never really done anything of significance and you like have nothing cool or interesting going on it's like yeah but i did almost a bunch of times um <laughs> um yeah so like I, I i left that shop where i had like you know like a significant accounts list and i i went to go start my own shop and then i had my sort of my second failed attempt at starting my own business um and well actually no i i i that's that's selling me short i i actually six well 
I, I'm going to skip some parts because it really okay. is a, me a meandering, crazy nonsense. <laughs> Ten cool. years. Nice. Um, but long story short, I, I I tried to start my own company, kind of failed, but then I just tried again and got it up and running. Um, and so for a year, I started a company called Snappy Press, and it went well. Um, but I I honestly like I had a dream, like an actual literal dream one night and kind of woke up with like this revelation of like i'm not happy and i've not been happy and i don't think i want to screen print right now and i sold the business this was three years ago okay. and i didn't touch a shirt for three years um i went into my family trade and did plumbing for three years okay and 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 have for three years really just focused on my mental health and like getting my uh, physical health, mental, spiritual, you name it, in order. Um, because just the whole print grind kind of like took its toll on me, you know. Um, and so that's been like really, really good. It's been the best three years of my life, the last three years. I've just been plumbing. Okay. Yeah. And, and is that what you're doing right now today? No, oh. interest interestingly, you've caught me at a at a at a funny impasse. I um I've, I've, I've gotten back into the decorated apparel industry, but in my own weird way, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm right now, what I do for work is like design, like graphic design from home. But I, I do like some like simple screen printing, actually quite a bit of like, I'd call it like punk rock screen printing out of my bedroom um and and then i subcontract out a lot of of work through like asi or like contract printers or contract inverters so i'm i'm kind of like a suitcase salesman now right uh working out of my trunk uh and this is the most this is like the happiest i've been and probably the most money that i've made per hour uh since um since like my mid twenties when I was making a lot of money, but this is like, this is like, this is like less stressful. This is like a, it's like a good, I'm in a good, I'm in a, like a good groove right now. This is like two months, two months that I've gotten back in, gotten out of construction and back into apparel. And I'm sort of just kind of, mm, you're like, really, the, I'm uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you're like the Lincoln lawyer, the Lincoln screen printer with your suitcase in the back of the, yeah. <laughs> the Lincoln. And, hey, but you know what? You're in uh, some really good company when you were saying that, I, hey, I was in a band. I, I was just thinking about uh, uh, friends of the show, um, Brett Bowden from Printed Threads in Fort Worth. Uh, he starts his with, I was in a band. Uh, uh, Ryan Moore from Ryanette. Yeah. Uh, I was in a band, so yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty it's, good company there. It's a common, it's a common theme, you know. I think it, it I think this type of work attracts creatives to begin yeah. with, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, which is a double-edged sword in a sense. <laughs> yes, it can be for sure. Uh, well, so when you when you're talking about your mental health, so it was just a matter of of uh, kind of getting biting off more than you could chew, kind of thing, and and just getting overwhelmed. You know, I think so. I've seen I've seen this phenomenon happen a few times, um, and maybe it's just biz 
maybe it's just business owners. I have, I have, I have a a theory that 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 this type of work is can be like uniquely stressful, um, because of the nature of the work. Um, it, it, it seems to me that people that are like really even keeled and just like low blood pressure type people do pretty well in this industry. You know, people that are like un <laughs> unexcitable, don't get stressed out easily when things are on, like on fire. They're just like, oh, whatever, let's go bowling. You know, like that those type people do okay because they're just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, but people that are like trying to rein in the chaos and uh, sort of have an expectation of like things like eventually becoming like a well-oiled machine and they never really do. Uh, those people get really stressed out with like just the constant details and changes. You know, I think just the nature of custom work at a fast pace, you know, it's kind of like painting at gunpoint, you know, like screen, it's like, it's like do this super unique job that has its own like problems that are unique to it. Um, and you know, like, but, but do it like yesterday. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's, I think I've, I've seen a lot of people whose relationships have suffered because they're a screen print shop owner and they've, you know, like a lot of, a lot of friends of mine have ended up, you know, divorced or, you know, like kind of spinning out once they get to that point where they have employees and a lot of work, um, you know, it just, if, if that, it just it can take your toll. Now that's can be said about any business for sure. Business yeah. ownership is stressful, but I do I do have a hypothesis that that screen printing like amplifies those phenomenons a little bit. Like it it's yeah. a particularly competitive and low margin industry with like a lot of detail, a lot of details. Um, and if you're if you don't have a good system and you're not like delegating and you've kind of taken on a lot of work, but the margins aren't great. You can kind of like be really, really busy and then kind of look and be like, Oh, but I don't have any money. And yeah. that's just really stressful. Yeah. So, well, you know, and also uh, I think a lot of folks, just like you said, a lot of creative people are attracted to this and, and Hey, that looks like fun. It's just printing t-shirts, but it's also constant deadline, 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 deadline. Mm -hmm. So, and, and you can find yourself, uh, working 60, 80 hours a week and, and not having a good balance in your life. And I think that's, that's kind of where you're, you're steering there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was like, you know, like we, like I, in the, you know, I, when, when I was in like my heyday, I was, I was amongst other ambitious groups, okay, like other creatives that were kind of my age and starting other businesses. And so it was, it was, it was pretty common for us to, you know, sleep at work or, you know, like work 60 yeah. hours or something like that. Like, yeah. um, but I, 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 um, and I think, I think in our culture, we kind of celebrate those things like, yes. uh, like, look how much right. I work. Yes. Um, you know, like I'm so busy. You couldn't imagine like what's on my plate. <laughs> and I've come full circle where I'm just like, eh, your inability to delegate isn't really that impressive. And like, yeah. um, also like sales in the t-shirt industry is not that impressive to me on like anymore. Um, I think it's like really easy to sell really hard to produce. 
uh, really hard to keep clients, really easy to get them back because other people are just going to like drop the ball later. So you could just go full circle. <laughs> um, I don't see a lot of, a lot of, a lot of like really good delegators. There are a few and I'm trying to learn from them, but nice. Nice. So Austin, I, I think I love what you were talking about too. You mentioned, you know, the fact that creatives, but then you also mentioned processes and, and having that workflow in place too. And, and I think that can probably be one of these key elements to, you know, kind of overcoming or not getting to that burnout phase is because creativity is by its nature, it's messy, right? You're creating something mm -hmm. new. It's messy. It doesn't have, you know, deadlines. Like you said, you're trying to paint with a gun to the head that I thought that was an awesome analogy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so talk to us a little bit about that. Like how, how do you marry those two, which almost seem like opposites, right? This need to create this workflow production process and this, um, ability to be creative and that's really why people are coming yeah. to you right so, right. so talk a little bit about that yeah no that's that's a great question um I, I so so screen printing is not an art it's it's a science and um there's nothing creative about it and it it happens to be that you're reproducing a piece of art and that's the science that you're doing but mesh tension mesh counts uh ink viscosities um these things these things uh, having a creative approach to solving problems only only really helps when you're the only one involved the second you put a bunch of people in there you can't expect them to know the thousand tricks that you learned um and so i think a process uh is like vitally important and so you know, while, while you want to have like a creative veneer on your company, uh, you certainly don't want to buy shirts from a company that has a bad logo. Cause that sort of says like, <laughs> like, like how many like sign sign companies out there just have like aerial signs <laughs> made here. It's like, I don't want to buy that from you. Like I want, I want like to, so it, it's, it's, it's kind of weird because it's, it's, you, you have this creative front end and this, super rigid back end that's like really unforgiving um at a technical level and so you kind of need like an engineer you kind of need an engineer mind to to handle like the process but then you need like a creative marketing mind to like have that cool hip whatever if if you're if you're selling in that way you know if that's what you're if you if you're if you're trying to have that that kind of image of like we're creatives we can handle your art we can handle your part of your this part of your marketing and advertising um and so it's actually two separate businesses really okay. like 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 there's a reason that contract printing is so ingrained in this industry it's it's really because it's it's two different crafts like there's the yeah. sale of screen printing which is like guiding a customer through like picking out different garments and figuring out like what, what, what type of print will work on what garment and, yeah. and, and mocking those things up and, and, and kind of like walking, walking them through that process. But then there's this whole other thing that's like, Hey, we just need PMS colors and a size like image size and vector art and we don't want to deal with customers because we're over here printing and yeah. so like there's a reason that this phenomenon has emerged 
you know, of like these massive contract shops. It's because it's it's really it's really two decent sized tasks that need to be accomplished. Right. One one is producing an order, a work order that is clear, and the other is taking that work order and and matching it to a physical product. And when you're trying to do both of those things, you got problems. Yeah. Cause you're, yeah. cause you're, you're, you're just, you're, it's just a, it's, there's a, it's just a lot of disciplines there that you would need to master. Yeah. 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 I, I think you're, you're hitting it right ahead. In fact, I, we see this phenomenon, not only in screen printing, but you, you see it in some other markets too. There's uh there's a reason why there's a huge rise in the print on demand space uh, on sublimation and even you know, contract embroidery and things like that, because you're exactly right. It's, it's, there's two different pieces to this. It's the creative work with the customer, the marketing, the, you know, getting all that, then refining that down to something that you can pass on to a production side of things. And, and so companies that are trying to do all of that, they have to master that, that handoff too. So um, yeah. I think that's really, really important. So, um, Terry, what what other thoughts you you've got here for for Austin? We're you know, it, it's awesome ground. It, it's funny, uh, Austin, when you talked about uh, you don't want to buy from somebody with a bad logo. I I remember <laughs> uh, at the Long Beach show one time going out to the parking lot, and there was a, a a van, a white van parked there, and and on the door about uh, eight by ten was uh, the someone's name and uh, custom car wraps. Uh, on the door. And I thought, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> is that how you're marketing your company? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lettering yeah. on the door only. But well, yeah. it's like, it's like the painter's house never gets painted. I had, yeah, some, exactly. I had, I had someone actually, uh, I was like, I kind of like walked in, I was doing some sales and, and I'm like, yeah, like I sell t-shirts. We print these awesome t-shirts, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, I was wearing a blank t-shirt and he was like, you're gonna sell. Me, you're gonna sell me screen printing, and your shirt's not even printed. And I was like, "That's an interesting complaint." You're right. Um, you know, like I don't typically wear printed garments, uh, which is just I don't know my attempt to be ironic. Um, but yeah, he called me out on way. it, and it was the same same sort of thing. It's like, I mean, oh, like if if you if, if it's like if you wanna if you wanna sort of an uh, it, it is funny that most like most screen printing companies don't really have like like you should be getting a lot of promotional products from a promotional product company and it's funny how <laughs> not so often does that actually happen that you see uh like people actually like yeah like i said painter's house never gets painted i love it yeah totally you know it, it, it's it but uh uh, there's a, um, I mentioned Brett Bowden being in a band down at printed threads and, and, and I think he, Brett gets it obviously, cause he's very successful. Uh, you walk into his facility and, and there's a whole wall of, of, of printed threads, items, playing cards, uh, bottle openers, uh, hats, and, and anybody that walks in, he goes, Hey, take anything you want. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, so, you know, he, he, he's on the flip side of that. He, uh, he he is a uh, a creative guy, but he also gets the marketing end of it. Yeah, I mean, you definitely would want your clients to, if if we say that promotional products work, you would probably want like every potential client that you have to have like a lot of your stuff, you know, 
exactly you won't yeah. tend to be wearing your hats and shirts and stuff like that but yeah for sure so austin can we i'd look, like to back up with you a little bit and go back sure. to that point where you know you decided okay i need to you know go back to the family trade it just mentally you weren't in the place that you wanted to be you know the, the fact that you're now here where you're much happier so were there some like signs was there some writing on the wall what what were the factors what should people be looking for and, and kind of how do you think that like obviously you kind of just said okay enough i'm going to try something else here but are there some tips that you might have for people that might be experiencing some of this overwhelm and, and uh, anxiety as well? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to just like poke hole. Like I love screen printing. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to, um, I don't want to just be like, this is, this is a terrible way to make money. Get out, run. Um, <laughs> um, I will say that if you're in this to make money, go figure out, bitcoin and do that instead um or whatever or or or, tr or trade some kind of you know get into the money game if you're if you're in this to make money um most of us i don't think are most of us just we want we want to do something creative for work and i think that that creates a kind of a competitive feel like musicianship or being a comedian there's like an element of there's a lot of people that want to do this type of work yeah. Um, because it's a cool job. And so, um, like what I will say in terms of like solution would be, you gotta wait, you gotta find a way to, well, you gotta figure out what your motivation is for me. It's just to be self-employed right now. And mm -hmm. so I've got kind of like, I've, I've, I've made it make sense by like limiting it in some way for what I'm trying to do. So if like, if you, if you want to do this and you want to be a, a, a you know, like I, there's a, I have like a couple different like examples of approach. You mentioned custom ink earlier, right? Sure. Yeah. And it's like, all right, we've got a $500 million company. Yep. It's like, well, how did they do that? Well, they did it by not touching a single shirt for years. Exactly. And, and and it's because they separated sales and and marketing. They went out and they they spent about ten percent of everything that they bring in. They spend on marketing, yep. and they got really good at selling this product. And they 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 basically they they chose their limitations. Yeah, and they're like, we don't we can't do production and be the best at online sale sales. So they they played this industry like a fiddle. They pulled a complete John Mayer and like, you know, I make that reference because he wrote a bunch of pop tunes and then now he's playing with like Eric Clapton and doing whatever he wants. It's like <laughs> sim similar <laughs> phenomenon. Yeah. They're like, they're like, oh, there's all these contract shops out there that'll that'll print shirts for like 50 cents each. Well, let's just use them all and yeah. we'll and we'll make like crazy good margins on what we're doing because we'll just sell to people that click Google ads. You know, when AdWords was like the thing. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant because they didn't do production. Yeah. And and it's like, well, screw them, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, they won. Yeah. Like, like give plays, <laughs> give give the devil their due. What's so so it's like, okay, well, well, I well, like I want to do production. I'm really into screen printing. Well, what do I do? It's like get really good at production then. <laughs> yes. Like contract 
contract printing is not a bad a bad business model yep it's just most people that do it do it poorly correct um and so it's like go out you know if you want to do simulated process stuff only do that yeah um and in which case then do retail and contract but but if you're doing spot color stuff don't don't ever mix contract and retail uh like 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 you have to carve off some 80 percent of what's potentially out there for you to do so that you can actually be efficient at something yeah. and so you just have to bring definition into your business you have to decide what you sell and who you sell it to yeah. and i would say most people have not done that because oh, it's so, yeah. because you could just buy some other machine oh man i want this dtg machine over here <laughs> or this embroidery machine over here or this flatbed uv <laughs> I want to put yeah. yard signs, like whatever, like it, it, it seems that like once you get really busy and overwhelmed, you start to make poor decisions and you uh -huh. start to actually take on more and you start to like branch out into other fields when really what you need to do is rein it in and decide what it is that you sell, who you sell it to and really focus on that. And so like you have to you have to give definition to your business because if you don't, you can't ever make a process. Correct. <laughs> you know. You, you know, you know Austin it's it, it's as if you've been listening to our show for the last 9 years because Aaron and I <laughs> preach this all okay. the time. Find your niche, be good at what you do, focus on what what you do and I I and another thing that you said that I found interesting was I always tell people in my screen printing classes Listen, here's your last chance. E either leave now or always be in screen printing because it it's one of those businesses where you just keep finding yourself coming back because it's mm. it's like any other type of business. You know, you have all the, you know, you deal with employees and deal with this and deal with that. But in the end, it's still a fun business. Screen printing is still mm -hmm. Um, you know, something that gives you the opportunity, even if you're a contract printer, to have some creativity uh, every day. So, uh, and here you are, you know, you took your mental health hiatus uh, in plumbing for three years, and here you're back again. I can't, I can't quit you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 um, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like strangely addicting. It's, it's really, it's all I know, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. um, I, you know, I'm 32 and I'm like, wait, can I get good at something in aerospace? It's like, I maybe, maybe I could like really hustle, but really it's like, this is what I know. And, um, you know, I've learned a, a craft here and I can, I can, I, I, it's like, I can figure out a way to help somebody and really, really helps somebody. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, it's like, well, I can figure like somebody out there needs something I can do, you know? And yeah. so it's like, it's like coming back full circle. It's like, I feel really good about what I'm doing right now. It's like, I print like one color. I have like, I with no money basically print. Like I started, like I've got a decent size little operation I threw together here, but it's like, cause I only print one. I will, I, because here, here's a good example. Because I only have a one color clamshell press, I can't print 25 five color shirts. And so when somebody comes to me and they say, hey, I've got this five color design and I want 25 of them, I get to say, 
oh, I don't have that capability. And that's the magic thing. That's yeah. where money comes from is the, the two-letter word, no. That's <laughs> where you make money. Seriously. It's totally. like, it's like you, until awesome. you learn this word, you will never make a dime in this industry because you will always be just running around chasing something that you have to figure out how to do. But so when, I, because I don't have a six color press, I go, oh no, I can only really do like one color stuff. And people are like, oh, okay, well, I'm like, well, would you want to see what it looks like in one color? And when I say one color, I mean like dark ink on a light garment you know like black ink or like faded white or whatever and guess what that limitation makes for like everything i do turns out really nice and people like love it like yeah. it's it's weird phenomenon where like when you're unlimited you're like sure let's just slap your logo in there but like because i have to make it one color and i have to make it look good i'm using like tonal prints and like distress prints and I'm, I'm like trying to do something creative with their design or their logo to make it look cool with like one color with no underbase. And so what that amounts to is like, oh, yeah, we wouldn't even have thought of like doing like dark red on light red with this design. Um, and That's so cool. and so it ends up where they're like extra happy. And I'm basically printing like black ink every day, all day and, and never touching in a, like a flash ever. And so like it's a dream. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm the perfect world. <laughs> literally, and here's the thing. 90% of people are open to that yeah. and 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 can end with not only happy with their product, but very happy with their product. You're just, you're not guiding. You got to guide the customer into yeah. something that actually makes sense. Sure. For, like margin wise. Yeah. But you're, you're taking that and you're figuring out how to be the very best in that space by being creative, by, you know, using those talents that you have from your creative side to make that work, to then fit into the process that you have. Yours happens to come from your, your limitations. But again, you're not saying, oh, yeah, gosh, I, I'm, I need to go out and buy a six color press. I need to, you know, go buy this DTG printer or something like that. Yeah. And you're finding a way to guide your customers the the customers that are right for you into your space and that that's a huge message that i hope all the regulators are taking in right now you know to to yeah i i, I agree with you everybody goes the other way they get overwhelmed they get busy they how, how do i you know make more so i make more money faster mm. and you're actually going to make more money faster going the other way so i love that you're yeah. sharing that with folks less, less work more money yeah uh like let me give you some crazy math. So your cost in business, it's it's hard to it's hard to change your cost. Yeah, it's 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 a click of a button to change your price. And so let's say at the end of the year your P and L really sucks, right? Like let's say it's like ten percent. And so like what what you would need to do to like double your profit as a company would be to add 5% to your price. It's like, I don't think people understand like what a little bit more money on the price actually does. Because like, if you're making, let, let me give you an extreme example. If at the end of the year, you don't make anything, then any adjustment to your price would be profit. Like, it's like, it's like every extra dollar that you don't, that you leave on the table 
that's your dollar. That was your like $1. You know what I mean? Like that was the money that you stood to make. Um, your cost is always going to be fixed in some sense, you know, like your intangible costs and your, your direct cost, they're always going to be relatively fixed, but like, you know, to like drastically improve your margin, you just have to charge a little bit more and like, and across the board. And at the end of the year, it's like, that's your Hawaii money. That's your, that's your actually taking home a paycheck money <laughs> is like that, like 10% that you're leaving on the table. That's right. uh, totally true. Yeah. I had a conversation once with a, a decorator that I knew was way undercharging for what they were doing, especially based on the time that they were taking all this other stuff. And I just flippantly kind of said, well, what would happen if you doubled your price? And they were like flabbergasted, like, like I was telling them to go kill their firstborn child or something. Mm -hmm. And um, they're like, I'd lose half my customers. I said, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're, you're making yeah, the same money doing half the work. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. And what you find is like a 10% increase. If you're, if you're low, which most people, most people are. Yeah. Um, because this is a cool, cool trade. It, it, it's, it's been, it's been a perpetual pricing crisis since I've been in it, which is about yeah. 10, 12 years. So like, remember when I said I was like, we were buried in blanks, yeah. but we didn't have any money. Yep. It's because we weren't a profitable business. Yeah. Uh, we were, we were operating around zero and, and that, that company that was like 30 employees, two shifts has gone down to like five employees since then. Um, and so the point, the point is, uh, when, when you increase your price, uh, nothing happens except that you make money. Uh, you like, you don't really start to lose clients. If, it, basically, if you're cheap, you'll get all the work until you start pissing people off because you're inefficient and you're dropping balls and not answering emails. Like, but you won't lose anybody because of price. Um, but what happens is like a 10, 10, 15 percent increase. You don't really lose anybody. You, like you're like, oh, nothing happened. They're not like that on the pulse of. But what you really should be doing is losing about 15 to 25% of everything that comes in your door because of price. Then you're right about where you need to be margin wise. If you're, if you're getting like, if you're, if everyone's happy, you're doing something wrong because, because the customer is not your friend. Yeah. They're trying to kill you. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Austin, this has been fantastic. I really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, how can our listeners find you? Yeah. Um, or do you want them to find you? <laughs> well, um, sure. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm happy to talk. I do a little bit of like freelance set work for a couple people. I'm not like, I'm not like open for business, but if, if, if people want to have some kind of relationship or talk about screen printing, I'm, I'm always happy to do that. I have, I have more time than I have had historically. Um, yeah. So if you want to uh, find me probably on, on Instagram, uh, my company name is now actually Strangely Dim. So our Instagram handle is Strangely Dim Co. Um, so if you just look up Strangely Dim Co. on Instagram, it'll pop right up. Cool. Strangely Dim Co. on Instagram. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah, like like Terry said, this has been such a, a amazing conversation. Great information, plus a lot of fun. Love hearing about your your journey. Looking forward to uh, hearing more from you in the future here, sir. So. Um, maybe we can check back in with you at some point. 
I'd love that. Yeah, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, it's, it's been fun to talk and to get to know you guys a little bit. Awesome. Fantastic. Awesome. All Thank right. you so much, sir. We'll talk to you very soon. Yeah, take care. That was, that great was a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of fun and just such a great story and such a great way of, you know, I mean, like like you said, Terry, these are things that we talk about a ton here on two regular guys kind of focusing and and, you know, saying saying no and um, raising your prices and all of this stuff. So to, to get that new perspective from somebody that's been been on that journey that he's been on, you know, he's had right. so many learning opportunities. That's so cool. And uh, we really appreciate his time here today, Terry. Absolutely. So, um, we, we didn't get a chance to check in with a lot of regulars during that because we were just having such a great conversation with Austin there. So let's just make sure we didn't miss anything here. Um, Jerry did mention that he can relate to doing the day job and business on the side. Uh, Ramona mentioned when the work becomes more job than passion, things can start to slip out of control, self-control. And Jaship said uh, marketing is key for any business. Uh, and then uh, agreeing with something that Austin was saying at that point. Uh, Ramona shared, be a customer educator, show them, teach them what options are out there for what they want. Yeah, that's great. And then Eric chimed in with, uh, it seems like comparison can be the poison, comparing your abilities, equipment, your hustle to your uh, perceptions of what another decorator seems to be doing causes you to make poor decisions about expansion or effort. So love that. Thank you, Eric. All right, Terry. Well, uh, we've come nearly here to the end. So let's share a couple things here. Um, if you don't mind, I'll jump in first, if that's okay. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so coming up here in uh, just over a half hour, about uh, 32 minutes, it looks like right now, Eric and I will be doing the half at 1130 Central Time. And Eric Campbell and myself uh, do a 30-minute wide open Q&A, no uh, outline, no script, no, just answering listeners' questions, interacting. Sometimes we talk about food. Sometimes we talk, you know, whatever, whatever comes up. Right. And so we had a, I think last week we had a pretty good chili conversation, but that's, uh, <laughs> to be, uh, expected when you're doing a show with somebody from Albuquerque. And, uh, <laughs> right. um, so we, it, you know, we'll talk about anything and it's a, a great time, but it is the one time in Eric and I's life that it, 30 minutes is only 30 minutes unless I forget to hit the button and we were two minutes late last week, but wow. <laughs> so 28 minutes today, huh? 28 minutes today. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think we must've cut one short at somewhere along the way. So anyways, you can check that out at liveosg.com uh, or at facebook.com slash our success group pro. When you go to live OSG, it takes a YouTube side. Once there, you can also search for Eric E R I C H Campbell and make sure that you're liking and subscribing to his channel because you can watch it on both the Our Success Group and uh, Eric Campbell channel, as well as on Facebook over there. You can find Eric there as well. So make sure that you're subscribed, liked, clicked, all of those fun things that we do on the internet these days uh, on all those channels. And then as far as uh, getting out into the world, I'm excited to uh, get back out there myself. I know you guys are gonna get out there in Long Beach, but. Uh, I'm still here in my studio, basement, dungeon, whatever you want to call it. But I will be back out February 25th and 26th for the Dax Kansas City show. And then you also see me at the Dax Chicago Land show April 22nd and 23rd. Um, I actually have two seminars at both shows. So on the Friday of both shows, you'll catch me uh, doing a show uh, about content creation. We're going to talk about basically the fact that 
content creation and what you put out there on the internet and whatnot is your front door these days. It's, it's the front door. So it's your online presence and it's actually a half day workshop. And we're going to be just going through all sorts of different content tips, uh, the process of, of how to create stories and things like that. And you're even going to be leaving with your very own recording of a version of a elevator pitch, a one line or whatever you want to call it. So the introduction to your business that you can post right on your website. And so if you want to upgrade your digital front door to an open concourse amphitheater, that is the workshop for you. And then on Saturday at both shows, um, I will be presenting three pricing strategies to avoid and what to do instead. And we'll get all into the, the mindset that you need to price products correctly. Uh, like Austin shared there, we're going to talk about pricing products at the value you need to get them at to be successful. So I'm um, looking forward to sharing those two seminars. Uh, I mentioned last week that uh, I'll be out at embroidery, everything embroidery market. And uh, so I've got those seminars here now for everybody here. Um, between myself and my wife, we're actually going to be teaching five seminars out there in Chattanooga, Tennessee on April 29th and 30th. So it's the everythingembroiderymarket.com. And uh, that pricing strategies uh, seminar that I mentioned at DAX will also be presenting that at the uh, Everything Embroidery Market. And that, so that's on Friday. And then uh, right after that on Friday, I'm actually getting an opportunity to present a seminar with my wife. We've uh, done a couple of virtual things, but this will be the first time we get to do one together live. And we're going to talk about the business owner mindset, things like believing it's possible, overcoming fears and learning to take action. And so that's happening on Friday. And then Kyleen is actually also presenting her very own by herself uh, seminar on Friday, April 29th. And this will be her first time presenting live out there. So I'm excited about this. She's got such a, a wealth of things that she can share and just such a way of presenting it in such a positive and uplifting way that uh, I, I can't wait for this. So she's going to be talking about what is work-life balance? Is it a myth, a dream, or possibility? And uh, spoiler alert, it's a possibility. Um, <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but there'll be plenty more to learn. Um, <laughs> and then on Saturday, uh, I'll be talking about being customer centric is the only way to real profits. And uh, lastly, to wrap up our time there for seminars, lots of other great seminars there too, by the way. But uh, the keys to successful business planning will be my last seminar of that weekend. So looking forward to seeing everybody out at Everything Embroidery Market there in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So, Terry, what about you? All right. Well, on January 22nd next week, uh, I'll be at the Impressions Expo in Long Beach, California, along with Eric. And my presentation there is everything you hear about DTG printing on the Internet is wrong. So I'm looking forward to doing that. <laughs> uh, my next complete screen printing business course at Workhorse Products here in Phoenix is February 19th and 20th. Um, if you are planning to come to Phoenix, get signed up. That class is filling up. Um, February 25th, I'll be at the DAC show in Kansas City. Uh, my two presentations are specialty inks and how to use them properly. And why is getting started in DTG printing so confusing? And I'll be doing those same presentations at the uh, DAC show in Chicagoland as well. Awesome. And my next uh, class at Atlas Screen Supply yeah. uh, is in Chicago will be March 5th through 6th. And 
all my upcoming 2022 class, screen printing classes are up on my website. So there are um, eight total classes you can uh, choose nice. from. And um, everything is, uh, you, uh, all my upcoming events are at terrycombs.com. Awesome. Hey, Terry, I was actually uh, on Facebook uh, yesterday and saw somebody uh, saw that Atlas had posted about about your class. And uh, there was a comment on there, too, from one of your past uh, students just talking yeah. about how much they love the class and how, how amazing it was for them. And uh, the fact that the, they would be very interested in a advanced class. So uh, hopefully uh, you've got that one in the works, maybe. Just throwing it uh, it, it's been an on and off thing, Aaron. And you know what's interesting <laughs> is a lot of people who say they want to come to an advanced class, but when you schedule it, everybody's too busy to take the time to come. So, <laughs> right. well, you've got at least one attendee. It sounds like. So. <laughs> All right, I have to. I have to push you guys. I just have to throw that stuff out there. You know, right? I haven't. I haven't made any commitments for Eric yet today, but there's still time. So, speaking yeah. of Eric, um, <laughs> he, he's got his finger over the button right now to mute me. But uh, <laughs> he's got his show coming up at two thirty Mountain Time. It's called the Take Up, and today is episode number ninety eight. Wow, Eric, good job. Uh, two away from the big one hundred, but today. Q&A number seven, blowing up designs, digitizing prep, and cap conundrums. Man, you guys are so good at these titles. I need to just reach out to you guys. <laughs> Help me with the title. Anyways, um, today it's going to be all about sharpening core skills and how to create your own directed practice and sampling routines. If you'll head over to ericcampbell.com and click on the take up tab at the top, that will give you the full playlist there and you can join him live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, uh, probably you know if you showed up at his house whatever <laughs> his address don't, is no. <laughs> yeah don't show up at his house i'm kidding um all right so uh bring so your that, tools if you uh, show up at your house <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right you'll be put to work um all right so eric does also have multiple sessions coming at uh, impressions expo long beach uh, as terry talked about earlier 38 17 something like that i think five is the actual number but if you'll head over to impressionsexpo.com you can get registered for classes uh he's got everything from small run patch workshop on thursday to font creation embroidery editing and a q a panel with jeff fuller on friday and saturday they've got that stuff going on so if you again check that out at impressions expo long beach starting next friday so get signed up make sure that uh, you're you're showing up to the eric campbell wing of the it sounds like it's just going to be you eric and maybe charlie tablib there so it you guys can just hang out so. <laughs> <laughs> no um so looking forward to hearing about that uh next week from from you guys and in fact uh, we'll have to figure out how to uh <laughs> if you guys are going live from <laughs> from there or how we'll make that work but we'll figure that all out um eric also has two classes at dax one for advanced editing and a longer half-day workshop for beginner digitizers to get up to speed with their first design so uh, check those two seminars out if you'll head over again to daxshow.com so Terry, have we done it? Have we come to the close of another show? I think we have. And look, we're only eight minutes over. That's good. We're, That's really good. We're getting me. better at that over yeah. eight years, nine Maybe years. Maybe in year 10, we'll, we'll get there. That's <laughs> coming up February. In February will be start of year 10. Crazy. Wow sounding sentence that just came out of my mouth there but uh we want to thank austin caldwell very much for sharing his screen printing journey and and all those helpful tips and 
and just a really cool, unique perspective. Thanks also to Nate for uh, suggesting Austin. And, and we, we're looking forward to, uh, like I said, I, I plan on checking back in with Austin and maybe we can have him on uh, maybe later in the year, maybe next year sometime, just kind of see, see where he's at after that hiatus. That's pretty fun. Um, yeah. So thanks very much, Austin, for your time and, and check him out again. Uh, you can find him on Instagram over there. So the, we'll get the link in the show notes there for everybody. All right. We also want to thank our show producer, Eric Campbell, for keeping the mics on and the wheels turning during this show. He gave us the thumbs up. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much, Eric. Uh, Terry, next week, exciting show. It's our first of 2022, the quarterly women in garment decorating show. And we're going to have Tanya Deutscher, uh, Allie Banholzer, and Christine Shreve, who's the originator of the women in garment decorating show and also the founder of the women in garment decorating Facebook group and does the women and business podcast. And then and the uh, person who named our followers, the regulators. the regulators, that's true. I forgot <laughs> all about that. Thank you, Terry. So, and then, so joining Christine again, uh, Allie and, and Tanya, uh, just amazing people. And we're going to be talking about the, the wearing many hats, you know, when, when you're running your business, obviously we talked about with Austin today, but you wear a lot of hats and, and these three, uh, young ladies, they wear a lot of hats outside of their businesses too. So I uh, just want to kind of, you know, get their tips and advice and how they manage all that. And and so can't wait to have that conversation with them next week, Terry. You know, uh, Eric wears lots of hats, but he really just physically wears that one hat. Just, just, you know, for but knows him. rumor has it that those are becoming hard to come by. So there could be a new hat and uh, I hear there could be sponsorship space available on that thing too. So, <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> all right. Until then I'm Terry Combs. He's Aaron Montgomery. And we are the two regular guys. Here we go. We're out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to Two Regular Guys. Check out our website at tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, regularguys.com. You can also interact with us over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tworegularguys, or send us a tweet, twitter.com slash tworegularguys. And we have a YouTube page. You can find all that from our website, tworegularguys.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week.